Hello friends, I am Manuel Avila and this is Spirituality and Science. One of the fundamental principles of the spiritual journey is what is known as the awakening of the consciousness. This phrase, repeated with slight variations throughout history, is always heard as a novel invitation, something that is emerging in current times. Perhaps the most recent popular reference to this expression comes from the famous film The Matrix by Lana and Lily Wachowski, which, by the way, is already 20 years old now. Well, as you will remember, there the protagonist, whose name is Neo, uh, which is an anagram of one, which means the chosen, or new, embarks on the search for the answer to the question, what is the Matrix? Later on, of course, you come across your answer, and it turns out that the Matrix is nothing more and nothing less than a control system that machines have built to keep human beings asleep while using us as energy sources to feed themselves. The story ends when Neo, after disconnecting from the Matrix, learns to hack, so to speak, the code of the Matrix, and he's able to reinsert himself into it to free humanity enslaved by machines. As many of you know, the Wachowski sisters are famous for their mystical and philosophical thinking. It is not coincidence that the Matrix is full of religious and esoteric symbols, such as the names of the places and their protagonists, on top of the story itself. Well, the Wachowskis built much of this spectacular world of the Matrix based on spiritual knowledge of various origins. But above all, a philosophical text written by Jean Bolliard called Simulation and Simulacra. They also studied evolutionary psychology and Hindu mysticism, but especially Bolliard's book that focuses on the issue of the authenticity of the physical world, questioning that what we see around us is true reality or not. Because of this, many spiritual traditions, especially the so-called New Age ones, have adopted the concept that the Matrix explores and tell us that we live in a world of fantasy, of illusion, Maya, as the Hindu Vedas say. So the wake-up call from a dream of the mind created by ruling class seems recent, but it is not. If we look further back, we realize that this concept is, in fact, part of the basis of Marxism and Communism. In the language of the time, the proletariat was told that it had to realize its role as creators of wealth for society and regain the power that was in the hands of the bourgeoisie or the oligarchy which dominated the means of production and the capital. But even these concepts that come from the mid-19th century are far from being the origin of the concern to awaken consciousness. Perhaps the oldest recorded origin is the allegory of the cave, also known as the myth of the cave, written by Plato more than 2,000 years ago. Plato described in his allegory of the cave a cavernous space in which a group of male prisoners have been found since birth, with chains that hold their necks and legs so that they can only look towards the back wall of the cave without ever being able to turn their heads. Just behind them is a wall with a corridor and next 
and northern proximity to the men, a bonfire, and the entrance to the cave that leads to the outside. Men carrying all kinds of objects circulate throughout the corridor of the wall, whose shadows, thanks to the light of the bonfire, are projected on the wall that the prisoners can see. These chain men consider the shadows of objects to be the truth. Due to the circumstances of their prison, they are condemned to only take each and every one of the projected shadows as the truth, since they cannot know anything that happens behind their backs. The narration continues by asking us what would happen if one of these men were freed and forced to turn towards the light of the bonfire, thus contemplating a new reality, a deeper and more complete reality, since this is the cause and foundation of the first that they know, which is composed only of sensible appearances. Once the man has assumed this new situation, he is forced again to head out of the cave throughout a rough and steep climb, appreciating a new external reality, man, trees, lakes, stars, etc., which is at its turn the foundation of the previous realities, so that later on he will be forced to see directly the sun and all that is proper, a metaphor that embodies the concept of good. The allegory ends by making the prisoner enter the cave again to free his former companions from the chains, which would make them laugh at him. The reason for the mockery would be to affirm that his eyes have been damaged when he is now blinded by the passage from the light of the sun to the darkness of the cave. When this prisoner tries to untie and make his former companions rise to the light, Plato tells us that they would be capable of killing him and that they will indeed do so when they have the opportunity, which is an allusion to Socrates, the effort he made to help men to reach the truth and due to his failure, his condemnation to death. We could think that the figure of the awakening of consciousness is exclusive of philosophers and mystics, but it is not. The idea that there is a hidden order that maintains power and control over society and that has us turned into slaves can be seen today in the politics of the United States, for example, as a workhorse, not of the left, but quite the opposite, of the most recalcitrant right that supports President Donald Trump. His version of the matrix or the cavern is called the deep state. As it turns out, for a large part of Trump's Republican base, the United States has been secretly controlled by the Washington's establishment. That is, the most powerful families like the Rockefeller, the Cox, and now Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. According to Infowars, for example, and other Trump's preferred news portals, the Clintons are the political allies of these billionaire families and their goal is to remove Trump from the presidency to return to the status quo and take away power from working and honest Americans who supposedly won the presidency through Trump. I will mention another extreme example of supposed matrix in the world, and it is the case of the reptilian theory disclosed by the British writer David Icke. 
Mr. Ike tells us that the world is actually under the control of an alien species of reptilians that have the ability to shape shift to appear human, who feed on blood, eat babies and other more sordid things, and who supposedly dominate the stock market, industry and politics. According to Ike, the British royal family, for example, is made up of reptilians, and he claims to have testimonies from people who have seen them transforming into lizards. Anyway, we could continue talking about dozens of conspiracy theories about those who are in control of the world and invite us to rebel against that evil order to be truly free. So the question I ask myself is, why do us human beings have such fascination for these conspiracy theories? What makes us think that there is a nefarious elite that feeds on our blood, on our energy, our work and keeps us enslaved? while they keep us distracted with the little shadows on the wall of the cavern? Well, there are sociologists and psychologists who have studied this phenomenon with much more competence than I have, but I'm going to venture with two theories. The first is that part of our instinct as humans is to form elites and try to control and excel over groups weaker than us. Wise men say that what we see outside is a reflection of what we have inside of us. And it is very possible that deep down we all have that cheating and controlling chip in our minds, ready to activate as soon as we are in the right position. I'm not saying that humans are essentially bad, because it has been studied and shown that humans have an innate tendency to cooperate and form alliances too. However, according to Sean Carroll, the author of the book, The Big Picture, um, there has been scientific studies showing that under certain conditions, people tend to associate to outperform less favored groups. Let's say that in a, an evolutionary adaptation, we have developed in our brain um, this condition that leads us to seek the greatest possible advantage for ourselves which surely was very useful to survive in an environment where food was scarce and we had to compete for it at all costs. You will hear me make constant references to the anthropology of our hunter-gatherer ancestors because in my personal research I have found that a great number of phenomena of consciousness find their origin in the hundreds of thousands of years of evolution that we lived when we ate carrion in the African savanna, and we made finger paintings in the caves. Well, it is not coincidence that it is precisely in a cavern where this archetype of human knowledge develops. In short, we believe that there is an elite that deceives us to dominate because we deep down uh, know that there is a part of ourselves that tells us that if we had the opportunity and the power to do so, maybe we would deceive and dominate the others. The second theory is one that I have borrowed from Javier Santaolalla, a scientific communicator that I have followed for some time now, and that uh, in a video that I will link in the comments of this uh, page, explains very clearly why conspiracy theories fascinates us. It is also one of the conclusions of Yuval Noah Harari in his magnificent work, Sapiens. We humans are passionate about stories. Stories are much more than entertainment. It is the way we learn to understand the world, 
to relate, to define our environment, and finally, to create our society. Religion is based on stories that we tell ourselves about the origin of life, the universe, the purpose of existence. In short, the stories make us feel that we fit into a plan, in an order and that we are not simply veins carried by the wind or spinning tops that spin aimlessly. Statisticians and data analysts understand the world as flows of information that interact, correlate and affect each other. But ordinary people like us cannot process data like this as a computer. Our brain needs a story that shapes this data with an introduction, a middle and an end. So we create stories to explain what we understand, but we also use them to explain what we can't understand. We have an innate fear of corrupt elites who want to deceive and dominate us, and we create stories to try and fit the little evidence we have. We add characters, a plot, and we have our next conspiracy theory, our next version of the Matrix. But then... Do I mean that there is no matrix? That there is no need to awaken consciousness? Absolutely not. Personally, I believe that there is a world of illusion and deception and that it is necessary that we do a good job of observation and analysis to discern and try to escape from it. What I do not believe is that there is a person or a family or even an elite that has created the illusion, much less has control over it. You and I are co-authors of this matrix. Our parents and grandparents have contributed to creating it. But there is no evil in it. We have created a society with certain values, fears, structures and taboos because it is the natural evolution of the values, fears, structures and taboos that our ancestors of the African savanna had. And then from the farmers of the Fertile Crescent as well. Our current matrix is the frenetic pace of economic growth, debt, speculation, isolation, damage to the environment, anxiety, predation of natural resources, and consumption of information. It is a society that we have built for millennia and in which we go like a car without brakes. The conspiracy theories about reptilians, Illuminati, Deep State, Zionism, Bill Gates, vaccines, 5G, etc. All of that is pure destruction that we invent so as not to take responsibility for our own creation, to be able to say they are the culprits, not us. Difficult to accept? Totally. Truth will always be harder to swallow and less entertaining than conspiracy theories, but I believe that truth will always be better. If I have not managed to convince you that the truth is in front of your eyes, then you can take the blue pill, not to listen to me anymore and continue living the fantasy of the world we have created. If you are willing to accept your responsibility and accompany me to try and find the truth, take the red pill and I will show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Where we are going is a choice that I leave to you. Have a good journey and a nice breeze.